And uh, then Brother Ellis come in and talked about the book. And uh, praise God. I'm glad, thank God, that we have the book. And uh, there is a blessed hope. Thank God for that uh, this morning. And uh, I'm going to take just a second and say thank you to the church. And uh, I'd say uh, our home church is uh, such a blessing to us. And, uh, we mean that from the bottom of our heart. Thank you for the basket. Thank you for your gifts. Thank you for your love. And uh, thank God for my pastor and his wife and his family. And it uh, sure is a blessing this morning to be able to serve out of Bible Baptist Church. And I mean that uh, from the depths of my heart this morning. And uh, so we want to take just a few minutes here this morning and give you what God's laid on our heart. Uh, with the help of the Lord, Matthew chapter number 12 this morning. Matthew chapter number 12. And uh, I want to read just a couple of verses here and then we'll pray. I'll not have you stand this morning. I'm sure uh, these other men probably will. But we just got here so I think we'll sit for just a moment. Uh, but Matthew chapter number 12, and I want to begin reading. I'm just going to read a couple of verses, and uh, then we'll look at some verses as we preach this morning. Uh, but the Bible says here in verses uh, 43 of Matthew 12, 43 of Matthew 12, it says, When the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places, seeking rest, and he findeth none. Then he saith, I will return into my house from whence I came out, when he has come, he findeth it empty, swept, and garnished. Verse 45, Then goeth he, and taketh with himself seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And they enter into, it says, He entered in and dwell there. And that in the last state of the man is worse than the first, even so shall it be also unto this wicked generation. Let us pray this morning. Father, we love you this morning. Lord, I pray, God, this morning, Lord, that you'd help us. And I'm grateful for the opportunity you've given us, Lord. I never take it lightly, God, that you've given us an opportunity to be able to preach. But, God, that you'd lend us stand behind the sacred desk at our home church. Lord, thank you for that great opportunity. Lord, I pray, God, this morning that you would bring back to our remembrance the things that we've studied, God, today. But, Lord, most of all, that we would elevate you, that we'd lift you up, Lord God, high, Lord God, today, so others could see you. Lord, I pray, God, Lord, that you'll do a work in hearts, uh, Lord God, that only you can do. We can't do it in ourselves. Uh, Lord, we can't work it up. Lord, we can't persuade people. But I pray, God, this morning, Lord, through the Holy Ghost of God, Lord, you'd make a difference. Lord, you'd just encourage us a little while, God, this morning, with what you've laid on our hearts, God, today, in Jesus' name, amen. Uh, this morning, I want to look just for a little while here at this text, and uh, this may seem like an odd text this morning, but... Uh, there is a mission emphasis here uh, that God has kind of laid on our hearts this morning. I want to dig just for a minute uh, through uh, a little bit of the context. And, and I hope you don't uh, uh, think bad of me. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on the actual context of what's going on here. But there is one little thought, Brother Noah, that I want to dig out here. Uh, but in context here, we understand uh, that uh, in Matthew chapter number 11 and chapter number 12... Uh, we find out that Jesus has come uh, to uh, talk with the Pharisees. And uh, chapter number 11, we see uh, the Pharisees here and their rejection of the prophecy of God. Uh, now, we understand that these people, they were delivered the truth. 
And uh, there's no doubt about it here. God has given them truth. And I'm glad, thank God, that God's given me truth. But there's a problem in chapter number 11 and chapter number 12. There's a rejection of it or a rebelling against the truth that takes place in chapter 11 and 12. And uh, we're going we're gonna to look at that just real briefly in introduction here. Uh, but chapter number 11 we find, and I'll not go there at all, we'll find that there was a rejection of the prophecy of God. And if you look in chapter number 12, we find that Christ himself has come uh, to present himself to these people. Uh, he presents himself in several ways. And in every single way, Brother Chris, these people rebel against those ways. And uh, the first one I'm going to look at, if you look over in chapter number uh, 12, verse, verse number 1 of chapter 12, uh, we find here uh, that there is a principle that Christ is trying to present to them. Uh, you know, Christ himself uh, this morning, uh, we find that Christ himself is a man of character. Thank God of that. Uh, he's not just uh, God in, in flesh, but thank God he is also a man of character, a man of principle. And he wants to try to share here uh, in this text with the Pharisees that he is a man of character. And uh, you see here in verse number 1, the Bible says, At this time Jesus went on the Sabbath day through the corn. And his disciples were in, uh, uh, was hungry and began to pluck the ears of corn and to eat. But the, when the Pharisees saw it, they said unto him, Behold, this disciple do that which is not lawful to do upon the Sabbath day. See, Christ was trying to give them a principle of who he was. And I'm glad, thank God, that God is a God of love. And I thank God that God is a God of forgiveness. Uh, I, he's, not also, he's not a God just of the law, but thank God he's a God of grace. And uh, you find the Pharisees here, they wanted to go on the law, Brother Grant. They said, you know, uh, hey, it's not lawful for a man to eat on the Sabbath. Matter of fact, you find the next, he healed that man with a withered hand and yet on the Sabbath again. You know what I found out? That Jesus did these things just deliberately to prove to them hey, that thank God that God can do anything that he wants to do. It doesn't matter what day it is, but thank God. Hey, I'm glad the day that I got saved when God came by my way, it was on a Sunday night and God saved me. I'm glad that he did a work in my heart, Brother Sam. Hey, I'm glad that God can do anything he wants to do. And he's proven a fact to these Pharisees that, hey, you know, it's not your law that's going to save you. It's God that's going it's, it's, it's to... The, it's the God of the Bible. It's the, it's the Word of God that's going to do a work in your heart. We find that he showed those principles. Uh, how we find that he rebuked, rebuked them. Uh, we understand in the text here this morning that God, our, our Christ, was trying to prove a point to these, these uh, Pharisees in the text. You look at uh, verses 22 and th through 37, we find the healing uh, of this man that, that, that had the demon. He cast out those demons in chapter, or verse number 22. And we find the power of God that rests. Uh, in this text. And, and yet again, when, when these Pharisees, they've seen the principles of God, they've seen the power of Christ uh, here in the text, yet they rebelled against it again. Uh, look, at, look at verse number 22. The Bible says this, and I'll hasten on uh, this morning. But the Bible says, Then was brought unto him one possessed with a devil, blind and dumb, and he, and he healed him, insomuch that the blind and dumb spake, both spake and saw. And all the people were amazed and said, Is not this the son of David? But when the Pharisees heard it, they said, This fellow doeth not cast out devils, but by Beelzebub, the prince 
of the devils. Isn't it amazing, Brother Sam, that they could have the embodiment of God in front of them and watch Him in power, watch Him do these miracles, and, and watch Him, Brother Grant, cast out demons out of a man. They physically were able to see that. And yet they say, well, He must, he must be doing this through a, a devil himself. Could you imagine that? I, I don't understand this uh, this morning. I, I can't, in my mind, uh, where I'm at, I can't understand how they could look at the Son of God and say these things. And, uh, but but in, in verses number 43, he gives a parable here of this unclean spirit. And I believe this is the whole crux of the whole message that Christ was trying to give to them. And he said in verse number 43, he says, When the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places, seeking rest and findeth none. Then he saith, I will return into my house from whence I came out. And when he is come, he findeth it empty, swept, and garnished. Now, Brother, brother Noah, I want to take that little phrase, that, that little word there, empty. And uh, I want to I preach just for a little while on that this morning with the help of the Lord. Now, think about this this morning. When, when Christ was talking to these Pharisees, one thing was for sure. They were empty. And he was proving that their religion would not save them. They were empty. And uh, you know, you think of the nation of Israel. When God brought them out of, out of Egypt, he delivered them. But it didn't mean that they were full. If you look in the book of Jude, we understand that they were not all saved. They were saved, they were delivered, but they wasn't all they weren't all followers of Christ because some left. They turned away. They went a different direction this morning. And we find that in the text here this morning. Hey, I'm telling you today, friend, there's something about this word empty. And, and as I thought about and studied about this throughout the week and just praying what God would have us to preach, I thought about this on, on the enemy of the saint. The enemy of the saint this morning. If you look in verse number 43, there's one thing that I want to notice here. It says, when the unclean spirit is gone out of a man. When the unclean spirit is gone out of a man. You know what that pictures this morning? Hey, it pictures the day that you and I that got saved, thank God. Hey, when God delivered us and he broke those bonds of change and I thank God he delivered us from the hands of Satan, thank God, I, whom he had delivered, thank God he delivered me and he brought me out. Uh, I'm glad, thank God, I was once lost but now I'm found. I was blind but now I see. I'm glad that Christ uh, I broke those bonds uh, and he brought me out. He delivered me from the power of Satan. Uh, I'm glad, thank God, that Christ in this text was proven to these Pharisees that he had the power to deliver them. He had the ability to do what it took uh, uh, that they couldn't do in their works. They couldn't do in their own righteousness. Uh, uh, they couldn't do it in themselves. That, but God alone, uh, Christ alone could deliver them. We see the picture of salvation in this text here this morning. God is able to save. But there's more to salvation than just being saved. And that's what he talks about in this text. He said there was a problem here. It says, when the unclean spirit is gone out, he walketh through dry places. And I'll not deal with that this morning. But he, he simply can't find anywhere to rest. That demon, when he come out, they want to be cast into swine. They had to have a body to live in. These demons had to possess something. And in this text here this morning, he talks about this house. It's not necessarily talking about a physical home, but he's talking about a body. This demon was living inside of a man. 
And he says when this demon was cast out, he says he walketh through dry places seeking rest and he findeth none. Then he saith, I will return into my house whence I come out. When he has come, he findeth it empty, swept, and garnished. He said, when I came back to that body, Brother Noah, that, was, that I was delivered out of, that, that Christ cast me out of, when I came back to that body, he said, I found it empty. There wasn't nothing going on, Brother Chris. This, this man was delivered. He was set free. But there was nothing going on. You know, I believe that is the greatest danger, the greatest enemy of the saint this morning when it comes to missions. Is that God would deliver us, God would save us, God would break the bonds of chains, uh, and He would set us free, and we would find ourselves in a brand new life. And I thank God the day I got saved, God changed me, I went to church, and hey, but there's a day in our lives when we, uh, when we if we're not real careful, we'll find ourselves empty doing nothing. Doing nothing. That word empty is the same word in our Bible as idleness or idle. It means to do nothing. Vacant. There's a vacancy. There's nothing going on. And I want to preach on that for just a second this morning. The enemy of the saint here this morning. Uh, the first thing I want to notice is, is what the Pharisees had confused is, is they thought their idleness or their emptiness was holiness. They thought that they could boast in themselves. They thought what they were doing, they were trying to keep the law. I'm, I'm telling you today, friend, uh, how they carried the right Bible and they said the right things and they, they hung out with the right people and how they didn't even listen to the wrong music and they thought all of that was good enough. Uh, how they thought all of those things would keep them holy. How Can I tell you this morning, there's more to holiness than just doing right. How there's a problem in our churches today and I, I tell you, there's a danger in my own life, Brother Gravely, of, of going to church and being a missionary and, and following the, the, the letter of the law, Brother Noah, but yet being empty on the inside and dry and, and doing nothing from God. And I'm telling you today, there's a great danger in thinking that our idleness is really holiness this morning. Our idleness this morning. Is it holy? Is that what we count holy unto ourselves this morning? I thought of a couple of things this morning. Our first mistake in think is thinking that harmlessness is holiness. If we do no wrong, if all we, all we do is no wrong, you know, the, the Jews had this same problem and Jesus dealt with them on this. They had a, they had a law of don'ts. It wasn't do's and don'ts. It was just don'ts. Don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, and don't do this. And they thought, man, this is good. As long as we're not harming anything or harming anybody else and how we live to ourselves and, and everything's going to be fine. The problem is, is uh, hey, when we're saved by the grace of God, God has given us a commission to go and do, Amen. not to don't. You know, I find in King David's life, it wasn't... You know, here's the reality, and I hate to say it this way, but it's just how I believe that, that, that it is. I mean, I don't know how else to say it this morning. But I think it's a reality this morning. Sometimes we think if we're, we're crispy clean that everything is a-okay. I, I, I remember years ago raising my kids, and you know, I've heard this said, and I, I've, I've tried to study on raising kids, biblical characters of how kids should be raised and so forth. And, 
and, and you know, they always say this, Brother Grath, if you got a kid that follows every command that you give and never gives you a hard time, that's the one you're going to be worried about. That's the one that you've got to worry about. And, and there's truth in that this morning. Hey, we can follow God's law to the T. But God knows what's going on on the inside. Are we empty on the inside? Hey, I'm telling you today, friend. Uh, hey, there's more to it. Uh, King David was a, was a man after God's own heart. He followed God, but yet he was a great sinner. Hey, I'm not excusing the sin this morning, but what I'm saying is, is David was a real man, huh? and he faced real problems, huh? but he really loved God, huh? and he was willing to get right with God. Saul was a man that was not willing to get right. They had two different paths. Huh? I'm telling you today, friend, huh? hey, it's not all about don'ts this morning. What are we doing is the question this morning. See, we, our first mistake is thinking that harmlessness is holiness this morning. Harmlessness is holiness. We confuse our emptiness or idleness with saintliness. We think that, man, we are, we are where we're supposed to be. We, we think that goodness consists of doing no wrong. Uh, this morning, uh, we think this morning, this, you know, and I think this is our common mistake this morning. I believe there are many who are satisfied uh, with the fact that they are not like the rest of the world. We're not sinners like them. I don't know about you, and I'm not, I'm not trying to say that everybody's like that this morning, but there's times in my life, hey, that I can be that way. Well, I'm not as bad as that guy down there. Hey, I'm not where I'm supposed to be, Brother Noah, but I'm not as bad as he is. And hey, I'm telling you, I think we all as Christians, Brother, uh, Brother Samuel, I think we all get there. Hey, we're not as bad as they are. I'm telling you today, friend, it's not about being uh, uh, good or bad. It's about what we do for God. And I understand we should live holy. That's not what I'm saying this morning. Hey, but there's a problem. There's emptiness. There's idleness in their hearts this morning. See, Christ in our text here, he dealt with that in uh, dealing with the Sabbath day. He said, you, you got all of that figured out. You know exactly what to do. Matter of fact, he said in Matthew 23, verses 3 and 4, he says, all therefore whatsoever they bid you observe, that observe and do. He said, but do not ye after their works, for they say and do not. And that's the problem, Brother Grant. You know, we can say it all day long, but do we live it? Brother, no, I want to I I live the life that I preach about. Hey, I want to have the character enough to do what God's asked me to do. And so many times I can preach it. And I'm telling you, our family knows it to be true if we do it or not. Uh, I'm telling you today, friend, what are we doing for God this morning? Uh, hey, I just want to be an encouragement to, this morning to say that there is an enemy of the saint and that enemy is idleness this morning what are we doing for God I'm not trying to beat us up this morning on what we're not doing but let us understand that there is a danger brother Grant uh, in sitting on a church pew and getting comfortable and, and thinking everything's alright and listening to good preaching and, and, and having good devotions at home huh? I'm telling you today it's not about the things that we don't do wrong this morning he says, for they bind heavy burdens and grievous to be born and lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers this morning. See, idleness this morning 
is sin. Idleness this morning is sin. The Bible tells us that. How we don't have to guess this morning. We know that from, from the book of James. He said to him to know it to do good and do it to not to him. It is sin. We understand that not doing what God asked us to do how is sin in itself. We find that in the sin of omission. We got a sin of omission and commission this morning. Hey, but can I tell you this real quickly this morning? Hey, when we commit the sins of omission, how because we're empty and idle and doing nothing for God, how what that what that invites is occupation in our lives. I want you to think about that. I'm going to try to hurry this morning. I want to try to get to the, the last point that I got. So I'm going to hurry through this. But I want to say this. Emptiness always invites occupation. If you, if you don't get nothing else, I think that's good to remember. I thought about the crawl space under my house. Brother Noah, I don't live under there. I really don't. But if you peek your head in under there, something's probably living under there. You know, the reality is, is we, can, we can detract things from our spiritual life, things that are hindering it. But if we don't put in good things, Brother Noah, if we don't put in good things, Brother Brian, I'm telling you, bad things will always find themselves back in a, a corner somewhere. How you look up in the corner of that room and you find a cobweb and you, how in the world did it get there? Hey, because it has not been tended to. I'm telling you today, friend, in our own hearts, hey, we'll find areas in our hearts that are not tended to because we're not busy doing something for God. We've got to stay busy doing for God. You know, I find this illustrated in... In uh, Judges chapter number 5, verse number 23, I'll give you the verse and moves on, move on here. Uh, here. God has said this to this nation. Matter of fact, he sent the angels uh, in Judges chapter number 20. He said, but above all, Miraz is condemned and a curse pronounced upon the inhabitants of it because they came not to the help of the Lord. It's not what they did wrong. It's that they didn't do anything at all. Israel was in a battle and they could have assisted in this battle and helped them. Now God could take care of the whole fight. He don't need us today. God can take care of the whole fight. The fact of the matter is, Brother Chris, He wants us. I'm telling you, I stand before you this morning so grateful that God would want to use me in the ministry. And the greatest danger is a curse like this being pronounced on me. Hey, when God enlisted me in the army and God had said I want to use you and I find myself in a corner doing nothing. Oh, I'm living a clean life. I'm living everything right, but I'm doing nothing for God. And the danger, how the enemy of the saint is this morning is that we be idle in ourselves. We find ourselves doing nothing this morning. There's the sin of commission becomes the sin of or the sin of omission becomes the sin of commission. By the time we find ourselves empty something else is taking hold in our lives. And now we're living in sin and we did not intend to do that. You know what? That David as he went as he, as he battled a warrior for God and uh, yet he come home and he stayed home from the battle brother Chris and he looked out. Why did he stay home? The sin of idleness. See, it was the sin of omission that caused the sin of commission. He looked down and he saw an opportunity. Hey, I'm glad, thank God, the Bible says, look under the fields, they're wide unto harvest. There is opportunity how to do the right thing. And so many times we find ourselves being idle and we end up doing the wrong thing. And I believe Paul said, uh, he said, I'm in a straight betwixt. Uh, I'm telling you today, friend, there is a problem with doing right and wrong. And I understand that this morning. But if we're not real careful, 
We find ourselves doing nothing, thinking everything is okay, and we'll end up doing something that is wrong, that will be destructive to our life. The sin of omission becomes the sin of commission this morning. And I want to say this lastly, and this is what I wanted to say for just a minute. With the help of the Lord, idleness has a cure. And uh, if I could preach all the negative, you know, sometimes we don't, I don't even want to preach the negative in a meeting like this. I really don't. But we know, we've got to know we have an enemy. In verse number 43, when the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, an unclean spirit, you're talking about demonic oppression. Can I tell you this morning that we have a foe, an enemy that looks to destroy us every single day? And he will lure us into a place of idleness and he'll rock us to sleep. Uh, He'll bring us to that place, brother Noah, as you ride up and down the road and you think I've got everything okay. And the devil will sweet talk you into believing it's okay to do this thing. Uh, And we found ourselves lulled to sleep by the devil himself. Uh, I'm telling you, it takes God to cast out the devil this morning. It takes God to deliver us. Uh, But once we've been saved, there's still a battle to fight on a regular basis basis. Uh, hey, if we're going to do anything for God, Brother Chris, uh, hey, we've got to stay busy in the fight. Uh, hey, but I tell you what, you know what the cure is to idleness or to emptiness? Fullness. Fullness. Aren't you glad this morning? Hey, you know how to dispel darkness? With light. It's right the opposite. When you find yourself doing nothing, you look at yourself and you self-examine. You say, what have I been doing for God lately? Has anybody ever do that but me? I don't know. I mean, I'm like, God, I'm, I'm 42 now. Have I done anything? I mean, does my life matter for anything for Christ? Amen. Man, time's so short. Yes, Have I done anything, Brother Luke? I'm getting older. Time's running out. Boy, I, I, my wife and I, we made a huge uh, change in the way we eat and all of those things. And people say, why you do that? One, I, you know, I was having heart trouble. Uh, but two, I, I told my wife, I said, I want to live to be 100 if God will let me serve him that long. I want to see people saved by the grace of God. I want to give it my all. I don't want to just cast uh, I cast it all and say, you know what? Well, you know, God will take care of me. Hey, God's given me a mind and he's given me ability. I want to try to do the best that I can. I don't want to sit idle, Brother Brian. So we understand that the cure of idleness or the cure of emptiness is being filled. The Bible says in Ephesians 5.18, Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be ye filled with the Spirit. The only way we can win the battle against the sin is, or sin or false teaching and error is to feed it with the power of God. You and I face a battle. And those of you that go on a foreign mission field, the demonic oppression is probably greater there than anywhere on planet Earth in some of those foreign fields. But I tell you what, you and yourself cannot defeat it. If we're idle and if we're empty, Brother Chris, we'll fall. We'll, we'll come off the field as we've seen so many uh, down through the years. We see, uh, we see more and more leaving the field. And I went to a church not too long ago and they took us on for support. They had, they had 95 missionaries and he said, he said, Brother Lamar, we're down to 65. They're coming off the field as fast as they can. And that's a reality. That's a reality. They're coming off. Now, I don't know the reasons why, okay? I'm not saying that this is it, but it could be. It could be that we get relaxed and idle. We've got to be full of the Holy Ghost of God if we're going to do anything for God. Ephesians 6 and 12, he says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Galatians 5.16 says this, 
This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You know what the cure for idleness is this morning? Be full. You know what it takes to be full? It takes reading this book day in and day out. It takes staying on our knees. But it also takes doing what the Word of God says. As I said, I'm not beating anybody up this morning. I'm just, I'm just trying to throw out a warning this morning that idleness is a danger to us. We think, we think sometimes because we volunteer down at the church that everything is good. We think sometimes because we have this area taken care of, everything else is fine. How many people do you, did you, have you personally won to the Lord? And I challenge myself that, that way all the time, Brother Grant. I, I get up and preach, and us, us preachers, we know that. And, and, and if we're not careful, Brother Chris, we'll think that's our soul winning. We'll think that's the Great Commission. And I understand we got to preach, but let us know that it is a personal responsibility that we win people personally, Brother Noah. And I'm telling you, I'm guilty of this myself if I'm not careful. Hey, I'm telling you, God doesn't want us to be idle. It's those small areas that the cobwebs will begin to gather. And before we know it, something will take occupation. And you think these men, if they've been great men down through the years, and we see them falling out of the fight and they're messing up by the hundreds and they're getting out of the fight. Where, what is going on? Hey, it breaks my heart to see this morning. God, help us to be full in every area of our life. Help us to be full. I'll, I'll give you this illustration this morning, and I'm done. A very fascinating illustration. Through our life change and uh, uh, food change, I've done many hours of studies, but I studied this one time uh, on uh, the starvation diet. And I found this very interesting, Brother Grant. They took 36 conscientious objectors in 1944. Uh, they... they enrolled them into a program. They said, you know what? The Europeans, because of the war, they're starving to death. And America said, we want to help them. And we got to figure out how in the world. We've never dealt with this. How are we going to feed these people that are starving, but yet they have very little food? So they took these 36 men and they enlisted them for over a year to starve them to death. And uh, it's a very fascinating study. But what we found out in, in the middle of that study, Brother Noah, is these men halfway through, lost interest in everything else. And the only thing on their mind was food. You know, God has designed us to be full. I believe that. I believe that's why he, he said he is the bread of life. I believe that's why he said come and take of the water of life. Everything he talks about, you know, God wants us to be full of air. We don't even have to think about breathing. We do it. We get hungry. We get thirsty. We, 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 we take in. But the one thing that I'm afraid that we neglect the most is the feeling of the Spirit of God. I believe we live in a generation that does not take it serious of being filled with the Holy Ghost of God. And we're starving that spiritual man to death. And we're losing power. We're losing power to do the work of the ministry. We can't do it in ourselves, Brother Saunders. We need God to fill us. If we, could, if we could do one thing and ask God to do one thing that he'd fill us with the Spirit of God, that we'd be full to do the, the work of God. Man, we can get deputation down to a science, and I think we should do our best. But at the end of the day, if we're not full of the Holy Ghost, we failed at everything. God, help us to be full.
God help us to go forward.